Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 37 of Season 5 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we eat the guy away through the 1990 Bruce action flick Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Jess Rogers, a continuously lapsed podcaster. Welcome back, Jess. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, I <laughs> podcasted for probably eight years and then just haven't made it back much since. Any attempt to restore your systems will be met by severe penalties. Huh. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So minute 37 begins with Stuart still giving his demands mm-hmm. and ends with Lorenzo trying to defend himself. So we ended things yesterday with uh, Stuart basically uh, you know, giving us a little bit of exposition, explaining what it is that he's waiting for. He's waiting for Esperanza. You know who Esperanza is, right? Well, I assume he's made up, but um, yeah, Esperanza has to be based on Manuel Noriega coming out of Panama. It was so soon after. Um, not only that, but they actually wrote this script in November of 1989. It's they. You know, they started filming in November 89. Okay. Okay. The whole, everything that happened with Noriega in Panama uh, was in December of 89. Really? The timing's off. Uh, Well, I don't know if the timing's off, but, uh, you know, I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how how things evolved over the course of, you know, the the filming of the movie and the script and all that stuff. I mean, the, the version of the script that I have, it doesn't make sense that, you know, that it would talk about all these things um, because my I have the shooting script from November 16th, 1989. Right. Um, and, and the shooting script mentions, you know, Esperanza and drugs and, you know, these being extradited. I mean, it could be that this was, uh, you know, sort of a, a dream of, you know, a fantasy of what will happen to Noriega. But, you know, everything yeah. that happened on Christmas 1989 in right. Panama, you know, that only happened a month later after after this version of the shooting script that I have. Right. So. I mean, maybe it was they could see this kind of thing going down. And obviously Noriega was not the only coup to have been taken over and needing to be extradited. The U.S. had been involved in stuff like that for ages. Yes. But it was kind of that's crazy that it didn't really it isn't mirroring it although i'm sure when it was released they must have just seen only this oh for sure for sure i remember when it was released that that that's the way it was everyone thought you know that okay you have here's noriega and we'll we'll get later in the week we'll we'll talk a little bit about who uh stewart is supposed to be i I won't i won't let that out of the cat cat out of the bag yet but but we'll, we'll talk about that also. But I remember when the movie came out, there were two prominent people that we that everyone was talking about. That these are the two yeah. characters. These two characters are based on those two real people. So yeah, it's 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 really it's really freaky from certain aspects. You know, trying to figure out how much you know D'Souza knew when he was writing. Yeah, it. that's funny. Especially like you said yesterday that it was just that it's based on this book. The yeah. concept. No, the, the, again, just like the regular die, just like the first Die Hard, they, they take the basic concept. Right. 
you know, there's there's no John McClain in in uh, in, in right, 58 right. minutes. Um, you know, it's it's not his wife who's on the plane. You know, there's right. a lot of differences between it. And again, that takes place in New York as opposed to Washington. Uh, and this is all just from what I remember of the book. I mean, I'm assuming that someone who's who's read the book more recently will know even more differences between them. Um, but yeah, no. <laughs> so then Stuart, Stuart can, is there anything else you want to say about uh, no. Esperanza slash uh, Noriega? Noriega. No, I'm fascinated though. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you know that the, the, do you remember the name of the country that, that Esperanza is from? I don't because it's totally made up. Okay, it's Valverde. Right. Okay, and it's a move. It's a it's a uh, fake movie country that has appeared in a whole bunch of movies. Like we talked about this. Uh, really? We talked about this. I think the first week. Uh, okay. It, the first movie that it came that we saw it in was Commando, with Schwarzenegger. Wow. Huh. That was the country that he was supposed to go and 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 uh, you know kill the 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 uh, president, which maybe it was supposed to be Esperanza. I don't know. <laughs> You know, it was only five years earlier, so who knows? I don't know how I don't know how long Esperanza was in power. Yeah, I mean, we discussed it back at the beginning. Of the, I think in the first week, we there's like a whole bunch of of movies that take place or mention Valverde in them. So it's just very cool to to think about. That's funny. Yes. So basically, Stewart continues with uh, his demands, and he go he says. That will conclude my interest in this aircraft and your responsibility for it, which again makes no sense. What do you mean his concludes interest in the aircraft? Meaning he just wants the person on the plane? You know, I want Esperanza, so I don't care about the plane. Maybe, maybe he's trying to say I won't hurt the people on it or the plane itself as long as you just do this. Although we know later that that's not true. Right. <laughs> Well, again, there's the idea of of what he says and what he does. They they're two yeah. completely very they're very very different things. You know, I, yeah. You know, we we know that Stewart is not someone. You know, any bad guy, you're not going to trust him. <laughs> he can say whatever he wants. <laughs> you know, yeah. You don't have to believe what he's saying. You're supposed to believe at the point that maybe he's telling you the truth, but uh, we, yeah. we know that he's not. But again, for him to say that it would conclude my interest in this aircraft, that just doesn't make any sense. No, so I agree. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little confused about that line, but uh, you know, I don't right. know. We'll, 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 when we get to the script, maybe it'll tell us something a little more about that. Who knows? And then he says, at the same time, I want a 747 cargo conversion, fully fueled and placed at my disposal. You have two minutes, two more minutes to advise your inbound aircraft to hold at the, at their outer radio marker. After that, you will be able to receive only. Any attempt to restore your systems will be met by severe penalties. So I, I, I got to give him credit. He's giving them two minutes. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, we're only going to find this out, uh, I believe, at the beginning of next week, you know, how they actually react about that, you know, to what, what they actually tell, you know, the different planes. But you'd think right. that this is an opportunity for them to divert all planes. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. Just divert all planes right now. We're closing down Dulles. Period. That's right. it. And they have the storm to like call it on. Like there's too much icing because uh, National closes down. Like. That's right. Just divert them all. That's right. It's you crazy. Know. No, there's there's about 
five or ten different moments in this whole movie where most of it could have been just avoided. Yes, yes, especially, you know, it's the same idea that there's so many movies that if someone has a cell phone, you know, it would have just changed. I mean, it goes back to planes, trains, and automobiles. You know, if one of them had a cell phone, it would have, the movie would have been five minutes long. And that would be, you know, (laughs) but whatever. That's a, you know, it's still fun watching these movies without modern day technology and enjoying what the characters have to go through. Yeah. You know, why not? Um, and, you know, I mean, basically he says they have two minutes, which means that they still can communicate. You right. know, we're not, but, but, but in the tower, we're not hearing people communicating with the planes. You know, we had the idea that they were, you know, at the, the end of last week when the, when the lights went out, so they, okay, they had to say, okay, you know, uh, abort your, uh, your landing and stuff like that. But they still have, you know, we don't hear the chatter going yeah. on among everyone else because, because everyone's ears are being, you know, uh, bombed out by having to listen to a steward on the speaker, you right. know, instead of, instead of just Trudeau, you know, they, 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 it's very loud for all these people trying to, you know, deal with the planes. I don't know. Yeah. It's a little little strange, and then uh, Lorenzo pipes up, and basically says he's bluffing. Now, where does he get that idea from? <laughs> no, exactly. What part of it? What is he bluffing about? That's right. The idea that he'll be able to cut them off, or the idea that that they'll they'll they'll, they'll uh, if you try to restore your systems, it'll be met by severe penalties. Uh, you know. I love Dennis Franz. That's why I have so much trouble watching him play this character because his character yeah. is an ass. You know, he's and an idiot. Yeah, completely. Yeah. And and we'll see it throughout this week also. You know, and and then I love, uh, you know, how Trudeau responds. He he once again flips the switch and goes, "Damn it, you can't do this." And the response is, "I am doing this." And then we hear like the 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 speaker click off. Yeah, yeah, this is one of those moments. So Die Hard was too, I was too young. My brother and I were too young to have seen Die Hard in theaters. And I don't remember having seen Die Hard 2 in theaters, though we would have been just about old enough. But it was definitely on HBO. And we had HBO at the time. And this is the one I've watched more often than any of the Die Hards. And <laughs> anytime my brother and I would fight and the phrase, you can't do this would come in. We would answer back with, I am doing this. (laughs) Like for years, I I had completely lost any connection to where that phrase came from until I was rewatching this movie. And I was like, Oh my God, this has to be it. It's Die Hard 2 and Ghostbusters 2. It's basically how my brother and I communicated for years. Wait a second. In Ghostbusters 2, they also say I am doing this. No, but that's another movie where the quotes basically are vernacular. If you go back and watch that movie, half of it is coming from there. Uh-huh. But okay. that you can't do this. I am like my instinct was to respond when he said it in the movie. I am doing this without knowing that that was the next line. Oh, wow. That's great. Because and and how, did, seen how did your fiance react to that? <laughs> oh, he, he definitely watched me watching this movie with like, Total amusement. He's never seen it with you before? No, we haven't seen it together before, no. Oh, okay. We watch and, a lot of movies. And, and he still wants to get married, so you're good. Oh, he still wants to get married, yeah. Okay, all right, He's you're good. Still okay with 
You're good. And the fact that he's willing to watch it with me means I'm willing to keep getting, keep going to get married. So there you go. All right, that 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 works. That works. Yeah. Now, when when Trudeau responds, he actually goes to a different console. Remember, we talked earlier. Uh, uh, we talked earlier about the 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 other consoles that we've seen. I think it was right. yesterday. Yesterday we talked about the console yesterday. that we saw. Right. So here we have a different console that is also very strange. You know, we see something. You see something that has a red light that says "busy," and then underneath it you have "talk." And then off, and then ring. <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. No. Whatsoever. And when he flips it, so we see the the light go on and off. You know, as he's trying to talk and stuff like that. So you know, the busy part lights up when he when he fl- flips the switch to be able to talk. So I don't know. <laughs> it's it's just Why? a little strange. Yeah. Again, it's it's uh, what what's what's the term? uh it's it's a light show yeah you know whistle, whistles wh- whistles and bells that's yeah. what it is you know, right just... because why wouldn't he be just using the same console and that same little labeled button that's right as the... last as when we first started this conversation now he's gotten in right because before he's told someone else to answer the call that's right and now he's responding on his own so he's got his own console to play with that's right beforehand it was barnes who did it now he's doing it and there you go Yep. And and you know Fred Thompson gets really angry when he's saying you can't do this. I love it. Yeah. You know, and Stuart just very calmly says, "I am doing this." And then once again we get a shot of you know his uh, his merry men, uh, you yeah. know, all all playing at their computers, <laughs> pretending pretending to be uh, you know flight controllers. And then we we're back in the 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 air control tower, the control tower. Yep. And you know we we see a, a a longer shot of the uh you know the 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 coffee maker, and we have like a little Santa Claus uh, sitting on that table also. You see like okay. uh, what, what looks like uh, I don't know uh, maybe spoons and and forks or straws and maybe a napkin napkins. dispenser. That's right, napkins. And you see the you see the blue cups. So we we yeah. we know where John got the the coffee from, even though. He's not holding a cup, a cup of coffee in his hands, as far as we can tell. Right now, he's not holding it. It, it lasted for one minute, That's maybe, right. maybe maybe a minute and a half. Well, you know that uh, he just drank that espresso real quickly. <laughs> and the shot changes, and we see Barnes walk over to two two of his uh, controllers and says, "Okay, you guys, listen up. I need you to punch up a code 15." Now, I love when movies just throw out numbers like that because they mean absolutely right. nothing. Like we don't know what a code fifteen is. I, and I we wonder, don't follow up really with a code fifteen. That's that right. I, I wonder if somebody who is a traffic control controller knows what a code fifteen is, or if it's just you know, yeah. or it's just some made up uh, thing. I I tried looking it up and I couldn't find anything that was a a code fifteen. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I yeah. look. I need to I need to try. You know. <laughs> right. But uh, no, <laughs> couldn't find anything on it. And he's got an idea. What's his idea that would punch up a code 15? I don't get that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then uh, the, the shot goes back. I mean, and, and these two guys are just sitting there and it's really funny just watching them try and listen to what uh, Barnes is saying about punching up a code 15. And then John, you know, walks over to, to Trudeau and he basically says to him, 
If, if Esperanza gets on that plane and makes it to a country that has no extradition treaties, we're fucked. And then, you know, just, you know, the, the look on uh, Trudeau's face is just great. It just says so much about the, the way that he's doing it. And, you know, he Trudeau just looks as if he's completely lost here. And then we, yeah. we get then we get Lorenzo to, to pipe up and, and he goes, they're talking to us in our own goddamn system. They got to be close. I'll have my men tear this airport apart. <laughs> and then John turns to him and goes, just in the nick of time, huh? Hey, McLean, I got a first class unit here. SWAT team and all. You know, yeah. I, I, I think I don't know if John really should have baited him. You know, obviously they need it for the script for him to do that. But, you know, Lorenzo hasn't been very helpful the entire time. So maybe John should. I think John should have been a little bit nicer with the way that he was doing it. I mean, later on, we're going to get him. He he, he says some some pretty nasty things to to Lorenzo throughout the time anyway. But at this point, and just in the nick of time, it hasn't been that many minutes since the previous shooting and all the stuff went on like it was i I would say no i would say it's longer than that it's probably close to an hour okay i would i would say it's probably close to an hour but still you know no but it seems effective right no but you could have done this an hour ago and looked through and shut down or whatever right i mean it is it is the idea that john went to him and said you know you should do something and and he didn't listen to him and basically said right you know it's just punk stealing uh stealing luggage right so who knows? But yeah. basically, you know, th- so my first question here that, that, that I brought up to, that I asked myself is, you know, why do they need a SWAT team? Why do they need a first class SWAT team in an airport pre 9-11? You know, post right. 9-11, maybe they need it. And, uh, you know, that, that's that's somewhat debatable also. Agreed. But, but I don't know. You know, so like. Yeah, uh, I don't know why Dulles would have a SWAT team available. Like, That's right. At that point, they basically didn't have, they had security guards. They didn't even have police officers that like ran through airport. It was like airport security. Right. It wasn't, right. it wasn't the TSA. They weren't federal agents. They weren't police officers. They were security guards at best. Well, apparently in Dulles, they did have a police force, you know, that, well, there you, you know. Go. I don't. I don't think they would completely make it up that there's a police force there. You know, like no, they they, I mean, they probably based it on the fact that there really was a police force. You know, in Dulles, possibly uh, around this time. Because you know. just because it's so big and so many people come through. Yeah, it could be the the idea of a SWAT team or a, or what's known as a PTU, a police tactical unit, right? They're they're, they're it's a mm-hmm. specialized police unit that's trained to handle, uh, you know. Uh, extraordinary circumstances that uh, sometimes the there's a high level of violence or risk of violence involved. You know, so sometimes right. they might be dealing with, uh, uh, you know, serving search warrants, arrest warrants, uh, arresting or, or neutralizing dangerous or mentally ill armed people, uh, intervening in high risk situations such as shootouts, standoff, hostage situations, or terrorist incidents. Okay, so I mean, again, it makes sense. That, that you would need a SWAT team for that. But why do you need one in an airport that nobody thought about the fact that something could happen in this airport that they need? Like, what do these SWAT guys do all day? <laughs> you know, we're sitting exactly. here waiting for someone to take over a plane. You know, that, I don't know. 
you know, I, I when when I tried looking it up, there there's I think I found one or two places in the world that have SWAT teams in airports. Oh wow! Even now, I mean, that's what I saw. Again, I could be yeah. wrong. It's no, you know I some would, of this. I'd be some of this that anywhere did. Right. Some of this information isn't necessarily available, you know, so easily. But basically, what I was able to find was is that there are, are virtually no SWAT teams that are solely based in an airport. Because again, wow. you don't need no. them there. No. You know, if if something happens in, for instance, Dallas, so you know, the Washington D.C. police will send their SWAT team. It's not as if you know most airports right. are located in some sort of municipal area. So therefore, sure. okay, send somebody. You know, it shouldn't really be that difficult to do that if you need be. No. Um, again, this is all for the plot. Uh, it works. I like it. But it's just funny that, you know, that he says, we have a first-class unit, SWAT and all. You know, <laughs> meaning that if you don't have a SWAT team, you're not first-class. <laughs> right. Yeah. We've got enough people. Basically, we've got enough people to fight these guys. We That's can right. do it. That's right. We can yeah. take on We don't need you. We don't need you. We'll, we'll get a little bit into that uh, tomorrow. We'll, we'll continue with that. Yeah. Um, so do you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the script? No, I just actually looked up what a cargo conversion 747 was, and I assumed it was just sort of a military plane that basically carries stuff, but not as isn't really a passenger plane. Correct. Okay. I, I, I looked that up also, and I actually found like five pages of information about it, but I figured <laughs> that what I'm about to read in the script explains to us exactly the whole idea, and that, that, works, that works even better for us, you know, without yeah. having to explain why it is. I mean, it, it just sounds like a fancy word. But uh, it does, yeah. and it's it was just like, oh, that's a very specific request, right? As that's opposed right. to just the 747 fueled up and ready. That's right. So the what Stewart says is exactly the same about wanting a plane and stuff like that. And then it says, as as Trudeau tries to make headway with Stewart, McLean leaves leans over to Barnes, and says, "What's all this about?" And then Barnes says, "A 747 has the furthest flight capacity of anything we've got here. Take out the seats." And save some weight, add the wing tanks, and it could go to Australia, Africa, Asia, hell, the whole goddamn world. Meaning they pull Esperanza off his plane and take him anywhere. There's no extradition treaties. They're talking to us. And, and then Lorenzo, uh, you know, talks about the fact that they got to be close. So right. once again, it's great. This this little bit of information explains to us why, you know, I never thought about the fact of why they wanted a cargo plane. You know, right. I think it, it, it goes back to the idea of, you know, why... Uh, on 9-11, they chose the planes that they chose because they knew True. that these were going to be empty planes with a lot of fuel. So right. that's more or less what the idea here is. I mean, obviously, it's for, for different reasons. These are not nefarious reasons. These are just to get away. Right. <laughs> you know, this is this is for distance. They, they want, yeah. you know, not, not for a spectacle. They want the distance here. Um, right. right. And then, uh, so it makes sense. And I like the way that they describe it here. Just, you know, yeah. just these two lines. I also understand why they cut it out because it's not needed. Right. Uh, it's more it, the extradition piece that they yeah. needed to make. McLean says that part. Correct. So. Exactly. Um, then Lorenzo talks about the fact that they're talking to us in our own system. And then McLean says, about time, Carmine. Guess you have to light a fire under your ass to light a fire under your ass. Uh, you know. <laughs> That's not a good line, but. No. It's kind of funny. No, it's it's kind of funny. It's funny because it's stupid. I think that's what it comes yeah. down to, right? And then 
the, the the script is a little out of order with stuff that goes on. So like I'm skipping two pages ahead and then they have Barnes okay. talking to his men saying, guys, guys, all we have to do is find a way to translate, you know? And so like, he doesn't mention anything about the, uh, you know, needing to have a, a code 15 or anything like that. You know, that, that right. Stuart says the whole thing about uh, having two more minutes. So you see that that's four pages ahead in the script where Stuart actually tells them that, you know, you only have two more minutes of to talk to people and stuff like that. Oh, and then wow. Lorenzo says he's bluffing. And then it says, Lorenzo leaves. Trudeau ain't so sure. And then Trudeau says, damn it, you can't do this. And he says, I am doing this. And that that's pretty much how that. So, yeah, it's it's, it's strange how the whole thing is. It, I, I like the way they do it in the movie. I think they do it yeah. better than they, they did it in the script. For... They edited it really well. Yeah. Or they, they, they changed it around well, you know, so that mm. it flows much better. Because, like, you don't need to have Stuart hanging on uh, to the conversation. <laughs> right. That's not necessary. Right. So every Tuesday I have a segment called Disaster Tuesday, where what I have been doing is I've found some sort of uh, airplane disaster that has happened uh, that's usually somehow geographically connected to my guests, you know, uh, within, within a given situation, you know, I mean, I, I know that, 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 that you live in New York, Jess, uh, I know you don't live in New York city, but I went with something in New York city because, you know, I, I thankfully couldn't find something closer. You know, I guess you no, can say it from that perspective. Have you ever heard yeah. the name Jane Carol Dornicker? It actually rings a bell, but I have no idea why. Okay, so she was a multi-talented woman who was a rock musician. She was an actress. She was a comedian, and she was also a traffic reporter. Okay, she she was okay. part of a uh, a band known as the Tubes, and then uh, afterwards she was she was uh, she led she was the leader of a band called uh, uh, Leela and the Snakes. Okay actress she she worked with uh, sam shepherd in in the uh you know sam shepherd was was a playwright also so she was in uh, at least one of his plays if not the others um she was also in the movie the right stuff oh wow you know she she played the uh the nurse nurse merch now i actually just rewatched the right stuff last week not knowing about this connection which is oh, wow. really really cool that now that yeah. I think about it, you know, that uh, I didn't even think about that, that whole thing. So in 1986, in, in uh, April 1986, she was giving a traffic report for WNBC radio. Um, and the plane crashed and she actually survived. No, sorry, wow. not the plane, the helicopter. She was in a helicopter, helicopter. crash yeah. and she survived. Okay. Six months later, she was in uh, a helicopter giving a report. On October 22nd, 1986, um, at 4.44 p.m., she was in a helicopter that was flying over the Hudson. And her last words were, hit the water, hit the water, hit the water. Now, apparently, the helicopter um, just nosedived and hit a chain link fence on the pier and then crashed into the Hudson River. Oh, and, wow. and it sank uh, about 15 to 20 feet. Uh, she and the pilot were both trapped underwater for 10 to 15 minutes uh, before they were able to be rescued. And she ended up uh, dying on her way to, to the hospital, but the pilot actually made it out alive. Okay, oh now uh, apparently what happened was that there is 
they had they had the the radio station had bought the helicopter or was renting the helicopter and there 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 was a part that needed to be replaced and they replaced it but it was something that was designed for military aircraft and not for civilian aircraft like they they put the wrong part in Whoa. and the part was not adequately lubricated and therefore it caused the mid-air seizure of the rotor blades oh my god and that's what that's what happened yeah it's uh you know apparently it was very traumatic for uh everyone listening for a lot of people listening especially for the 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 you know the radio jockey that was sure. you know he showed the the guy whose name was Joey Reynolds um you know because again they they played you know there there was it was live that this happened oh my um, gosh you know and they had they had, they had recordings they had recordings they had interviewed her about her first you know the first crash and how she survived I'm and amazed stuff like she got back in the helicopter yeah seriously um and then uh, they they played some of her music on on the show after that because you know as a tribute to her and stuff like that mm-hmm. they had a memorial concert in uh in San Francisco uh, a month later where they had Jerry Garcia play uh wow. her band the Tubes played Bob Gol- Bobcat uh, Gold- Goldthwait uh, played there um and then this is someone named Jeremy Kramer I don't know who that is Slutza Gogo don't know what that is either Carol Dota and it says and Dennis Quaid so I, I mean I, I'm a big Dennis Quaid fan but I don't know what he was doing at a, at a concert no you know um and there is actually a memorial to her uh in the the city she was living in Wayne New Jersey sure so, yeah so uh yeah i found that i found that an interesting uh story to tell that's quite the disaster yes 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 but not as big of a disaster well actually it is because i was gonna say it's not as big as a disaster as what we get in this movie but this is fake and that right. unfortunately that is real right. so yeah so on that happy note <laughs> jess would you like to tell people once again how they can get in touch with you sure um my previous podcast was the Real Insight podcast, which is uh, still up, uh, at least the most recent episodes, which are still quite old at this point. But you can find me to say hello on Twitter at in underscore entertain. All right, great. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. You can find me on Facebook and you can find me on Twitter. So until tomorrow, yippee Yippee-ki-yay. If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little villages, if